Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen, amen. Okay, good morning everyone. Okay, so um, those of you that are looking up here thinking, what's he doing up here? I'm thinking the same thing. When uh, Phil asked me, it was a couple of months ago, uh, to, uh, to bring the word on Father's Day, um, I, I wish he had told me like yesterday, because I'd spent the past basically two months, that's all I've been thinking about, I've been so nervous, I've been wondering, you know, what am I going to do, what am I going to wear, what am I going to do with my, what am I going to do with my hair, shall I have it long, short, you know, but here we are, here we are, so welcome everybody, welcome all the fathers in the house, I know we have some. For those that are facilitating Father's Day, so those uh, mothers that are helping children celebrate Father's Day, all those ch- uh, children, obviously we're all children, someone, someone's child. For all, 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 everyone that's you know, celebrating their fathers today, remember Father's Day is the whole day, okay? Not just up to, not just up to breakfast, yeah? Okay, fathers, come on, support me on this one, okay? Not just up to breakfast, not just up to lunch, you know, it's the whole day, okay? Give us our slippers, please, the whole day. Okay, so um, I just want to say thanks, first of all, to Phil for the privilege, really, to stand before you. Um, it's a real honor and a privilege, really, to, um, um, to stand before you and bring the word. Um, <clears throat> and it's also an honor and a privilege, really, to be in this church. I, I truly believe we, we serve under a, a fantastic man of God. And I think our, our church is actually really, really special. Um, I tell everybody about King's Church. And I always say that, um, you know, or rather in my mind, this is really what the, the, the church in the book of Acts, you know, we talk about the book of Acts a lot. I think this is what the church in the book of Acts looked like, you know. It wasn't a, a pastor-centric church, you know, it was a Jesus-centric church. And I believe probably on a Sunday it was a case of who wants to stand up and give a word and, you know, anyone and everybody would stand up and do that. And I, th- I think that's truly wonderful. So I've, um, I've called today's um, word the ultimate father. I don't know if we have um, the slide up. I've called it the ultimate father. Basically, the meaning of this is, is um, you know, we're all, as fathers, you know, we have a, a, a template. You know, we have a, 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 a recipe that we need to follow. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's the, the template and the recipe that our heavenly father himself has set for us. And he is truly the ultimate father. My reading today will come from Isaiah 54. But before we go into that, I just want to tell you a little story. So a couple of years ago, I, uh, I decided to start my own business. I decided to work for myself. And um, so I did what you know, I felt you know, people do when they start a business. Registered uh, my company. I uh, created a website. I... Um, um, I went on Twitter, started a Facebook page, never did anything with a Facebook page, but it's there. Um, and I printed some business cards, as you do. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do with this business card? How, how is my business card going to be different? How is it going to stand out? You know, different people do different things. You know, people make their cards really colorful. Some people make their cards just slightly bigger. So when you have a pile of cards, you know, this one card stands out. So I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I thought about the job title that I put on there. You know, I could put managing director, you know, because that's what I was. But 
managing director of like yourself, you know, well, it doesn't really mean anything. So I thought, okay, I'm going to put the word, the word progenitor came into, into my head. Okay. I don't know if you can show it up on the thing. So that's how, that's the word progenitor. It's not a very commonly used word. So, um, in my mind, I thought, okay, someone says to me, um, you know, the word progenitor means originator. Okay. So someone says to me, okay, so, ooh, you know, progenitor, that's interesting. What does that mean? And then I'd go into the sales thing. I'd say, yeah, you know, so, um, I'm a progenitor of ideas. So, you know, I'll help you develop your ideas to become products. You know, that's how it worked in my head. Fantastic. Good plan. Sounds good, right? So. I went off to uh, uh, what was, uh, what is actually the, the biggest, because um, I was, I worked in the rail industry before, so I wanted to continue doing some work in that industry as well. So I went to what is possibly the biggest uh, rail industry show in the world, okay? Happens twice a year over in Berlin. And, um, you know, so yep, website is ready, got some flyers done. Lee in the house, by the way, if you want some flyers done, Lee's your man. Got my business cards done. Excellent. Off I went. Went to the show. Handed out all these cards. You know, okay, fantastic. Um, you know, loads of people. Probably, I don't know, hundreds of cards, a hundred cards that I handed out. So after the show, um, I went sightseeing, as you do. I'm in Berlin. You know, let's just check out this place. I went sightseeing. Went to see different places. And then... Um, there was a, um, as I was walking around, there's other tourists, obviously, and there's this, there was this, I met this other lady who was on her own as well. So she's sightseeing, and she was like, oh, do you want to take a picture of me, you know, standing by this thing? So I was like, yeah, you know, took a picture of her, and then she did the same thing for me. So, of course, she says, so what do you do? Guess what? Whoopsh! Out comes the card. This is, this is me. Then she takes one look at the card. Uh, she was from uh, Argentina. Any Argentinians in the house? Okay. Okay, good. But they speak Spanish over there, okay? So she takes one look at the card. She goes, progenitor? Ah! <laughs> Cracks up laughing. I'm like, what? Do you know what this means? Ah! <laughs> I'm like, what's up with her? So it turns out that the word progenitor, as she pronounced it, but the word progenitor in Spanish could mean father, okay? So I've gone out and handed out my card to like over a hundred people saying, hi, I'm a father, give me some business, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, you know, it just, it just struck me how, um, you know, a word like that, you know, like progenitor and the word like father as well can actually mean different things to different people, you know. And um, I, I just want to say, I mean, there's, there's people in here, I imagine, you know, don't enjoy Father's Day, you know, may have had a, a difficult experience with your own fathers. You know, I just want to say today's message is, I, I hope, will touch you today. Um, I also just want to encourage, you know, people in here who are, um, <clears throat> excuse me, people who are um, raising kids who aren't their own, you know, stepfathers. I just want to encourage you today. This word, this word today is for you. Um, and also, uh, I just want to encourage there are women in here who are raising children on their own, um, who are having to be mothers and fathers to their children. You know, I just hope that you're, you're touched by, uh, by today's message. This is for you as well. Okay, so um, I'm going to read from Isaiah 54. Uh, Isaiah 54, or Isaiah, it's the book of Isaiah itself, is in the Old Testament. Um, um, and uh, actually, before, before I say that, so Isaiah, Isaiah is in the Old Testament, 
and the book of Isaiah is a, is a strange book because it's actually in three parts. Um, as I was studying it, I, I discovered this. But the time of book, the, the chapter 54, is actually the time when uh, the nation of Judah was under siege, basically. They were in exile and under attack by different nations. So there are promises in this book that are coming from, um, from, our, hev- from our Heavenly Father to the nation of Judah. Okay? So I'll read from verse 1 to verse 15. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Just bear in mind, I'm going to read some more. Just bear in mind that this is a nation under attack, okay? And the, the verse, the book starts with sing. Strange, right? Verse 4. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a woman who married young, only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment, I abandoned you, but with deep compassion, I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Beautiful, beautiful. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Okay, I'll read a bit more when I go into the message. So, like I said, this is a book of, of effectively of promises, and I believe that as fathers, this is this is what we must um, these must be our promises to to our children. And by the way, today's message is is not necessarily just for, as I've said, for biological fathers. You know, I believe it's true that we we are the spiritual mothers and fathers of the coming generation. You know, the the, the, the children that are coming after us. You know. I believe each and every single one of us here, you know, I'm counting the women as well. You know, it, it's, it's, up to, it's up to us to father this next generation. It's up to us to build them up. It's up to us to, to, to encourage them. And you'll see as, as I go into the message, I'll talk about this a bit more. So I believe the first uh, thing I want to talk about um, that a father must do or, uh, or must give is confidence. You know, every one of, our, every one of us is made different. You know, we're all, we're all, we all have different attributes. You know, it's easy to, to look at somebody and say, look, he's standing up there, he's speaking, to, addressing people. But we all have our insecurities, we all have our fears, you know. Some people might stand, you know, sometimes you hear of, of musicians, you know, who are extremely shy. You know, apparently Michael Jackson was really shy, you know. You wouldn't think it when he's out there dancing, doing his moves. But, you know, we all have, you know, our, our innermost fears. And I think it's important for us to, to, 
to put into our children, any child that we come into contact with, we must put in them a, a, a confidence, first of all, to say, you have Jesus living in you. You know, first of all, he's with you in everything you do, everywhere you go. But on, not only that, that child must believe that you, if there's nobody else in this world, that you, you one person that they've come in contact with, you are their number one fan. You believe in them. You believe in, in whatever attributes they have, whatever strengths they have. You know, other people may not see, but they, they must walk around and feel like, hey, you know what? I know that someone lives in me. You know, and this is for all children. You know, it's easy to look at a child and say, you know, some children will walk into a room, talk to any stranger, you know, say, hey, can you give me some water, please? Or can you give me some food? You know, and it looks like they're confident, but there's something, you know, that there's, there's a weakness or something that they themselves uh, may suffer from. The next point I want to say is, um, as fathers, our job is to protect, to be a protector. When we think about protection or protecting, it, it, it it brings in mind physical protection. But really what I want to talk about is protecting children's spirits. Many of us in here, you know, I'll count my, myself in this, you know, there's a lot of things that we've been through in our lives, you know, from when we were children, you know, the way we were spoken to, the way we weren't spoken to, you know, that's hurt us, you know, hurt our spirits. You know, we weren't physically hurt, but we've grown up with things that have given us, you know, weaknesses, if you like, you know, that, that have encouraged us or discouraged us from um, being confident in ourselves. And really, uh, as fathers, you know, we must, we must, we must, I can't, you know, I can't stress it enough. We must protect our children's spirits. We must build the, uh, their spirits up to be able to believe in themselves, to believe in that Jesus, you know, that is in them, you know, to say, yes, I, I, I can do this and I am in safe hands, you know, when I'm with this person. You know, this is, this is our, 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 um, our role and our job. And it says in here in Isaiah 54, verse 15, if anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. This has got to be our promise as a father. The next point is fathers, we must be builders. We must build. If I just read verse 11 to 12 of Isaiah 54, O afflicted city, Lashed by storms and not comforted. I will build you with stones of turquoise, your foundations with sapphires. Verse 12. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen the foundation of my house, okay? Uh, and actually, to be honest, I, I don't care what, what it's made of. You know, you could tell me there's a block of ice under the house and that's what keeps it solid. It's going to last 500 years. Fine. Great. You know, but there's probably dirt, stones and everything down there. You know, even the walls of the house, you know, it's dirt that, that's used to build, to make bricks, to build a house. You know, it doesn't really matter. But what this is saying, what God is saying is, I will build you using the best you know, I mean, how amazing is that? You know, you, if you think, you know, sapphires at the time were probably the most precious stones at the time. You know, diamonds of, in today's time. You know, why would you put diamonds under a house? Doesn't make sense. But if you want to give someone your best, you use your best, you use your best material. You know, and, and, and I was thinking as, as, as we were singing, I was thinking to myself, I mean, it, 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 it's a bit of a crazy time for me personally at the moment with work 
and uh, just the word just kind of came to me and I thought to myself, so you're working hard to obviously earn money, to take care of your family, to, to give to your children. So in theory, what you're doing is you're, rather than, rather than putting the sapphires in the foundation, you want to adorn your children with the sapphires. So you want to provide for your children with this money. But isn't that too late? You know, isn't that too far down the line? Shouldn't I be, you know, isn't it worth it to work less, earn less, but spend more time with my children? Isn't that worth it? You know, surely it's got to be. It's got to be. And I think, and I think this is what this is what this is all about. In in building our children, we we must give them our best. You know, and again, I'll stress, and I'll keep stressing it throughout today. Every child you come in contact with, give them your best. You know, your best word. If you know, if, if a child is interested in something that you do, speak to them, spend more time with them, you know, encourage them in that. Okay. So, the next thing I believe as fathers, we must be loving. Sounds obvious, doesn't it? Sounds obvious. We must be loving. But what intrigues me is why, why did Jesus instruct us to love why did Jesus have to tell us to say, love thy neighbor as you love yourself? It kind of says to me that clearly it's not, an, it's not natural or it's not an instinct. It's not an instinctive love that we must have. You know, it's easy to assume that, you know, if you, if you have a child, you're going to love a child. But, you know, I won't point to anybody, but, you know, having a child can be stressful, you know, it can be stressful. You know, if you imagine, you know, especially if it's your first child, if you imagine your whole world is just completely upside down, you know, what you used to do, you can't do anymore. You know, if you're a woman, your body isn't the same anymore. You know, your sleep is messed up, <laughs> you know. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's difficult to just kind of automatically say, right, I, I love this child, you know. And of course, it's there. But I, I believe... If Jesus is instructing us to love, it means it's, it's something we must do, or, or, you know, non-instinctively. It's, an, act, it's an, an active, something we must actively do, you know. We have, um, for those of us that know us, my wife is here, Mwenya. We have, uh, we, we have, um, we have three, three children. Um, they are... Bawemi, those of you that know us, and Bawemi, Musungi, and, and Malaika, almost forgot. <laughs> I think I think it'd be better for me to forget one of my children's names than forget my wife's birthday. <laughs> but I do know my child, my children's names. So the last one is called Malaika. She's three. Okay. When our oldest was three, Bawemi, when she woke up in the morning, you had to wake up. Because basically, she woke you up. She said, I want food, and I want food now. You know, it doesn't matter what time she woke up, okay? Musungi, when he was three, when he woke up, little boy, he would not go upstairs to our room. He'd go downstairs to the kitchen. He's a hunter-gatherer, goes in, <laughs> finds food, wherever it is. And he didn't even care what it was. You know, it could be a bar of chocolate, yogurt, as long as I eat, I'm happy. And I don't know how he figured out. His, he was you know, one of the young, youngest to figure out how to turn the TV on. Turns the TV on, sorted. Both of them, if I, if I shout at them, okay, and I confess I do shout at my children, okay. 
if I shout at them, stop doing that, they both kind of, you know, stand at attention like, okay. Because I'm always joking with them and rolling around on the floor. So they're like, okay, the joker is now serious. So let's, you know, we need to do something, you know. So they'll jump around and do whatever, okay. Our youngest, okay, she'll be, she'll be sitting where this stand is. And I will shout, Malaika, Malaika. She'll be facing the other way. She will not even flinch. Okay? I mean, amazing. She won't, she won't even move. Regardless how high my voice goes, it doesn't matter. And I, I remember saying to Moya, you know, I think we should get her hearing checked. You know, so I, 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 don't, I don't think she's okay. You know, but it's amazing. She just has this, you know, she's completely different. And, you know, even for your own children, if you, you know, if you have more than one child, it's very easy to, um, it's very easy to kind of gravitate towards one child more than the other. It's very easy to kind of see yourself in one child more than you see, you know, in another, you're more like your mother and, you know, you're more like your dad or whatever. But, you know, to be loving, you know, loving doesn't, love doesn't choose. You know, our, our Heavenly Father loves us, you know, regardless of what we do, regardless of where we go. You know, he's constant. You know, we're the ones that change, you know. And it's our responsibility to, to love, you know, all of these children. And really the same goes for, you know, especially in a church environment. You know, we, we, we have access and, and, and you know, we, 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 we are in contact with a lot of different children, you know, a lot of different people's children. And it's very easy to just dismiss and say, well, unlike this child more than I like th- this other child. But no, our love must be bigger than that, bigger than that. You know, we, we have to emulate, you know, the ultimate father, our heavenly father's love, you know, in, in our dealings. A father, my next point, my f- a father must be encouraging. You know, um, there are more than enough forces in this world that will discourage us, you know, people, discourage children. You know, our, um, our daughter Mbaweme um, is the only black child in our, cl- in our class. And strangely, she developed very young uh, a real kind of self-consciousness about her hair, Okay. And I remember one day, um, it still upsets me now to think about it, but I remember one day we found her in the, in the mirror trying to brush her hair down, you know, and crying and saying, I want to have down hair, you know. Now, if you really think about it, it you know, all the images that she's seen are of, are of women with long hair, you know, long flowing hair. And if you think about it, really, it's not a negative message. There's nothing wrong with showing people with long hair because in the world there are people with long hair, you know. But she's, she hasn't seen an image that's shown her to say, you know, people with your kind of hair can be beautiful as well. So we've had to actively encourage, you know, we've had to actively speak into that side of our life, you know. So we have to remember that there are, you know, there are things out there that will discourage your child. In fact, not even just out there, even in our own hearts. You know, there are things that, that we come with, you know, that the way we've been uniquely made means that, you know, there are things that are speaking to us sometimes that we don't even know about, you know. So as a father, we have to, we have to actively, you know, we have to, to, to look for it, you know, identify it and speak against it and encourage and, and, and 
provide a positive image for them to see and for them to understand. And we can see here in verse 1 in chapter 54, it says, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You know, if you really think about it, you know, in those times to be barren for a woman, you know, that was like, oh my God, you know, that's like the worst thing that could happen to you in those times, you know, but this starts off saying, sing, you know, be happy, you know, be happy. And that's encouragement. And it's encourage, you know, to encourage this in spite of, or despite, you know, what you don't have, what you, what you seem to not have, or what you seem to lack, be happy, you know, be encouraged, you know, and this is how we must speak to our children. My next point is as, as fathers are one of our main jobs, if not the most important job is to pray. As children grow, we, we have less and less influence on their lives. You know, if you think of a child, a baby, baby, you know, n- you know, not yet crawling, not yet walking, you know, that child has to be where you place them, you know, can't move, you know, they're completely helpless. They have to eat what you give them. They have to learn what you teach them. But as they grow older, we have to kind of let go of them more and more. We have to give them more choice. We have to, you know, allow them to play where they want to play, play with who they want to play with. In that time, the only real influence we can have on their, on their lives is, is through Jesus, the Jesus that lives in them. So we, we have to kind of relegate, you know, our influence over them, you know, to God. We have to relinquish that more and more to God. And the only way we can do that is to pray, you know. We have to pray with them, you know, we have to pray for them, you know, pray with them, pray for them now, you know, while, while, while we still have them in our, um, in our control, you know, because in the end, um, <laughs> sometimes I think we're just borrowing these children, to be honest, you know, they, they're just in our stewardship, which is kind of, you know, here they arrive, you know, you kind of have this influence on them and off they go, you know, and we have very limited time to do that, you know, and during that time, we really have to do it as much as we can whenever we can. You know, one of our prayers um, with Moenia is is just pray and thanks, you know, to God to say, you know, thank you for, for this, this blessing of, of these children. Um, but also what we pray for is, is please give us the wisdom that we need to be able to deal with them, you know, because trust me, dealing with, you know, we are dealing with people when we deal with children as fathers. We are, you know, these are people, these are individuals in their own right, you know. So we need the strength to be able to say, um, you know, like I was saying about the shouting, you know, it's a confession because, you know, it's actually not a good thing, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, and it's something that we're, you know, we're trying to, try, trying to work on, to be honest. Um, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but um, so, so the thing, <laughs> the thing about the shouting, I wasn't going to say this, sorry, babes. So the thing about the shouting is that, um, um, is that, okay. <laughs> So the thing about the shouting is that obviously you have to reprimand your children. You have to, okay? It's just, you know, children go wrong and you have to bring them back into the right way, okay? But what we're finding is that um, when we see something that they do wrong, our instinct is to shout, okay? Always, it's like default shout. 
But what we found is that they themselves now, in dealing with each other, when they're unhappy with, with something that the other one's done to, to them, they shout as well. You know, they're obviously learning that from us. You know, so somehow we've got to figure out a way of, you know, reprimanding and correcting and shouting gently. I don't know. You know, we've, we've, got, to, we've got to figure something out. And this is all, this is all really um, something that we, you know, we need to pray about and be encouraged. So um, I, I hope you're getting something from this. This is um, now my final point um, is that as fathers, we must be evolving. What do I mean by this? I think as fathers, really as parents, um, we have to grow and change. You know, we have to um, always be improving ourselves, you know, and, and children can teach us a lot, I believe, you know. Um, sometimes we, we, we don't get it, but we can learn a lot from children. You know, um, it, it, it struck me just recently that, you know, our parents tricked us, if you really think about it. You know, because when we looked at our parents, we thought, they, they know what they're doing. Obviously, they must know what they're doing. They've obviously been to some kind of parenting school, so they know when to shout, they know when to hit. Some of us got hit, by the way. They know when to hit, they know when to, you know, to keep something from us. They know, they know, you know, they know what to do, but actually they didn't. You know, and, and, and a lot of us, you know, I'll count myself in this bracket, you know, a lot of us are angry with our parents with something they may have done to us, you know, but they were just learning, you know, they were just learning on the job, you know, and they themselves probably learned from, so, you know, definitely learned from someone who was learning himself, you know. So in our, you know, in, 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 rather than, you know, harbor a, a, a hatred or a frustration towards a parent, you know, just take the opportunity to kind of learn from that and say, okay, so how can I not do what that dude did? You know, how can I improve on that? You know, how can I take in this forward? How can I change that? But I'm really touched by, um, by what, uh, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. It's a verse we all know. Um, actually, sorry, verse from verse 2. I don't know if you can, if you can bring it up. But um, it, it, it's quite simple. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 2 to 3. He, this is talking about Jesus. He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I'll tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And I tell you what, the, I, I, when, when I got a revelation about this, it, it really struck me real hard. I was saying to Steve, I don't know if you remember Steve, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying, you know, you can't learn anything without humility, without, without humbling yourself. Actually, you can't learn anything. Really, if you think about it, you know, you could be the top neurosurgeon, you know, in the world. But if you don't know how a computer works, you know, you would have to humble yourself to some kid that never finished school to show you, to say, this is where the start button is. If you want to use Word, this is what you click on. You'd have to humble yourself to him equally. You know, if you don't know how an iPad works and a child knows how an iPad works, you have to humble yourself to them. And it amazes me that actually that's, that's why 
that's why children learn so much so quickly because they are the humblest things you will find in this world. You know, they humble themselves to anyone and everyone, you know, and that's what we must be like. You know, we must humble ourselves. We must be ready to learn, you know, and sometimes that learning will come from these little ones, you know. So many times, you know, my children have said to me, Daddy, why are you talking like that? You know, because I'm talking different, because I'm talking with my, with my office voice or whatever it is. You know, they're like, well, that's that's not you. You know, why are you acting like that? You know, and, and that's and that's what is that's what's amazing. And I think as well, if if you think about um, um, re- resolving conflict, I've obviously talked about you know kids, uh, you know, our kids fighting or falling out or whatever. But it's amazing how quickly they just forgive each other <laughs> you know it's like it's over you know i could be angry for days over something you know i remember i i you know i was i used to have a, a, a you know when i was working you know when i had a job makes it sound like I'm, i don't have i do have a job <laughs> but <laughs> i work for myself okay but anyway when i had a job when i was working for somebody you know i remember i was in this one job and you know i was unhappy with my boss and basically, everyone that I spoke to, hey Z, how's, how's things going? How's work? Oh man, my boss. Oh, this guy, I can't believe what he's doing. He just doesn't get it. You know, why would he do this? You know, this kind of thing. You know, everyone did it for years, okay? I mean, can you imagine children at school? Okay, hey, you know, playing with their cars. Hey, man, I can't believe my dad made me go to bed last night. Can you believe that? What's wrong with him? He just doesn't get it. You know, it just doesn't happen. They just, it's over, you know. And, and really, most of the time that we harbor all these things is, is just failing to humble ourselves, failing to be like these little children. So, in closing, I, j- I just want to encourage... Um, just want to encourage everyone, really, um, in here. Um, obviously, um, the word father means different things to different people. Um, for some people, the word father automatically means biological father. But I just want to encourage everyone in here. You, you are a father, and you're, you have a, a template that you can follow. You know, a lot of the times we look... Uh, you know, even as parents, we look at other parents and think, you know what, they've got it together. You know, they know what they're doing. But, uh, and we try and kind of emulate what they do. But actually, that's the wrong, we're aiming too low. We need to aim higher. We need to aim higher than that. You know, and we have the template, we have the instruction. You know, Jesus himself said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. You know, so let's follow Jesus in order to understand and find a way to the ultimate father. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.